You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On Boston College. This is AJ Black, editor and publisher of BC Bulletin. Thank you all for following along. If you've not uh, listened before, Locked On Boston College is a daily Boston College podcast where I, AJ Black, give you everything you need to know about the news, opinions, and everything to do with Boston College. I'm glad you were here and strap in. We're going to have a great episode today. Today, we're going to focus on a few different things. It, you know, with BC football done, um, in basketball, honestly, not a lot of people are all that interested in it. I'm going to jump in and talk about the, just the state of college football right now. Look at some of the stories that are going on and uh, give my thoughts on them. Because there's some interesting stories that came out today about some other programs I thought that would be interesting to talk about. On top of that, I want to talk about basketball again. But I'm going to go with um, Jim Christian. I want to talk about Jim Christian a little bit in a segment where we're going to talk about what he needs to do. Uh, to keep his job with Boston College, and is that possible, or is it already too late? But before we do, let's start talking about the news, uh, Boston College news. So let's look around the league and, and the school and see what has happened over the last day or so. Uh, this morning, Boston College, in an 11 o'clock uh, game, which is weird, women's basketball played. Uh, they opened their ACC schedule against Georgia Tech, and they lost 86-68 to Georgia Tech. It was not a very good game for Boston College. They were down by as much as 30-plus points at one point, and Georgia Tech was shooting the lights out of that building. After the first quarter, Georgia Tech was shooting 60%, and in the game, they ended up shooting above 50%. They were just they were hitting everything. So Taylor Soule, she led the team with 19 points, including hitting her first ever three-point shot, which I couldn't believe that. I had to go look up that stat when uh, Jason Baum announced it. She had 19 points. While um, Michaela Dickens and Cameron uh, had 16 points and Cameron Schwartz had 14 points. Um, it was not a game that Boston College women's are used to playing. They, they fell behind um, and they surged back. They went on a 23-12 run in the final fourth quarter, but it was not enough. Obviously, they fell behind and it's not going to get easier for the women. They return on Sunday and they play the number three team in the country, NC State, who's a, a really good team. So... But with Joanna McNamee, uh, Burnby, you, you never um, count them out. So they, they can easily come back and, you know, maybe stun the world with a big win over at NC State on Sunday. So uh, that was a tough loss. This is also the one-year anniversary of the death of Pete Freights. And I thought it would be a good chance to kind of talk about him for a minute because, ha- you know, obviously the podcast wasn't out when he passed away. You know, Freights. Uh, up there with Wells Crowther are probably two of the most um, iconic Boston College graduates in the last 20 years. Um, they both, you know, men and women for others, they did big things with their lives and really um, used bad situations to um, further and help other people. You know, with Crowther, it was helping people during 9-11 and losing his life. Freights, obviously he did the ice bucket challenge and that was such a big deal. They raised hundreds of millions of dollars for ALS um, research and, and treatment and it's already paying dividends now. And he unfortunately w- w- wasn't able to see all the fruits of his labor, 
but Freitz and his his work and his activism, and even when he lost all of his movement and his able to, ability to speak, he was able to do things that you know people who are able to have all of their facilities can't do. Um, so it was he he was incredible, and you know Boston College just built the Freight Center in his honor, and that that seems great. But you know I feel like there should be bigger things. Uh, that the treatment should be named after him. Everything, um, and it was—it's only one year ago. It seems like it was just yesterday. Um, and my thoughts on a day like this go to his widow and his and his daughter. I just, you know, I, I imagine this is a tough day for them. So I was just thinking of Pete Freights. Um, the other piece with Pete Freights too was uh, Jake Burt, who is a Boston College tight end, um, is now with the Patriots on the practice squad. The NFL does a my cleats my. Uh, my cause uh, program where players are allowed to wear custom cleats that uh, show off their cause. And Bert did one for the Pete Freights Foundation. Um, and he has some really cool cleats. So if you uh, haven't, check out Jake Bird on Instagram. He shows them off. They've got like Pete's, Fre- uh, Pete's face on one side and they got the Pete Freights logo for the foundation. And they have some like custom artwork on it. They're really kind of cool. Not really, kind of. They're really cool. So definitely go check those out. They're worth checking it out. Not really much news in terms of Boston College football. Uh, another just random note just to talk about was that um, apparently Matt Ryan had a bet with Matt Schaub, who I didn't even know was still in the NFL, um, for the Falcons. And uh, they bet having to wear the other person's uniform at practice. And so there's pictures on uh Twitter and Facebook of Matt Ryan wearing Matt Schaub's UVA jersey because uh, Schaub was a, a, a Cavalier. So um, I thought that was kind of funny as well. In terms of basketball news as well, uh, Boston College has Cal on their schedule coming up, but they still have an open slot. So it'll be interesting to see if they um, use that slot to find another game or if they just use it for flexibility. You know, they could throw URI in at some point. I've heard that that's a possibility. It was originally URI's slot, uh, but with BC already playing them, I think they're trying to figure out what to do with that. Um, So that was just something I was thinking about before they hit um, a big stretch of ACC games coming up. Uh, It's going to be really challenging for the Eagles. Speaking of basketball news, um, I don't think I brought it up yesterday. There were two injuries with Boston College uh, that are worth noting. Uh, Fred Scott, if you've noticed, has not been playing. He has a knee injury, and it's not clear what kind of knee injury because that could be anything from a strain of your knee to you know a contusion to an ACL tear. I mean, I assume that if it was such a like an ACL or an MCL tear, that the school would would release that he's out for the year. But we haven't heard anything, so he's missed the last couple of games, and he was out against um, Minnesota last last night. The other injury news was Luka Kraljevic was also out, and they didn't explain what happened with him, but he missed the game as well. Um, with um, James Carnick coming back, I have to wonder how much Kraljevic is actually going to play. I had no problem with what he's been able to do so far. I know some people aren't the biggest fans of him, um, but he's a mobile five that can shoot the three and has looked better. Um, but he was out, and um, we'll see what happens with him. Now that we have gotten through the news, um, one last thing. If you have not already, please bookmark my website. It's bcbulletin.com. On that site, I give all the news and analysis in written form, video form. You can see all sorts of great stuff on the site. Um, you can check out everything that we talk about here. Usually ends up on the, on the website as well. Um, and there's a great uh, 
community of commenters and uh, people who like to talk Boston College on there. So if you like what you're hearing here, check out bcbulletin.com to get your Boston College news and bookmark it so that you know that you're going to be going there all the time to get your Boston College news, news and analysis. Now I want to talk about Coors Light. Coors Light is the beer when you're going, going, going. And in this time of year, we're all going, going, going. It feels like we have a million different things that we have to do. All these different demands and requests with the holidays. Sometimes you just need to sit back and chill. And when you do, that's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that is Coors Light. So, you know, with football and basketball and all sorts of great sports on, it's the perfect moment that after a long day of work and other things going on in your life to sit back and chill and grab that Coors Light. All you need is a TV and a, 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 I like it with a mug. That's what I would drink it with. Cold light, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look, delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. We're going to start talking about the NCAA football world. But before we do, I wanted to talk to you about our NBA season preview on the Locked On Network. The wait is almost over. The 2020-2021 NBA season is almost here, and the Locked On NBA podcast will get you ready for with a special week of shows beginning December 14th. Get previews of every team division by division from all 30 of our Locked On local experts. Plus, waiver wires, additions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, Rookies to Watch, and Chad Ford and predictions on each division from Rejecting the Screen. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts. So with Boston College football kind of taking a, you know, a rest while we figure out what the Bulls situation is going to be, and I have no news on that, I wanted to look at the rest of the college football world because you know you hear what I have to say about Boston College. Let's hear what I have to say about some other things. The first piece of news that came out today had to do with the college football playoffs in Ohio State. So Ohio State is part of the Big Ten, obviously. And the Big Ten earlier in this in this summer decided they weren't going to play football. And then there was pressure. They decided to backtrack on it. And late in the game, they just kind of jammed together a schedule and tried to rush to get their games in so that they could get play, uh, you know, teams into the playoffs or into bowls or whatever. It's been a disaster for the Big Ten because they don't have time to, to make up the games like the ACC did. The ACC and the SEC did it right. They were able to, you know, put some cushion into their schedule so that teams could, you know, take weeks off if they had to. Big Ten doesn't have that. So Ohio State um, and other teams would have to win uh, play six games to be eligible for the Big Ten championship. Now, they're not even close. They're at four, and it doesn't look like they're going to get another game in uh, after their game against Michigan was just canceled. So what are they going to do? The, the conference could have just done Indiana versus Northwestern, but they don't want to do that because neither of those teams should be going to the college football playoffs and that conference doesn't want that. Ohio State is their little baby, and they want to make sure that they get, they treat it right. 
So what does this? What did the conference do? They just changed the rules. That's cool, right? They changed. They changed it so now that any team can make it to the to the conference championship just with the best record, and that will mean Ohio State plays Northwestern, and Ohio State will kill Northwestern because Northwestern's a nice story, but they're not anywhere near the team that Ohio State is. Um, and it's just I, I feel for these other teams like Indiana. Like they had a great season. Michael Phoenix is a great quarterback. I know he hurt his knee, but you know they deserve a chance too. Like if Ohio State can't in the you know they missed games because they screwed up. It was not not every game was because of them screwing up, but at least one. I mean Ryan Day was out for a while, um, so they're missing it. Um, I think I think the Big Ten dropped the ball here. You know they they made a bunch of rules. Then they decided the rules aren't working the way we want the rules to work, so let's just change them so that the team that we really want can get in. Garbage. It's a garbage call. And it just, again, shows how clown shoes this whole Big Ten uh, uh, conference has been all throughout this pandemic. They, They are so far behind every other conference and how they readdressed this pandemic, and this is just another big example of that. So big thumbs down to the Big Ten. Just terrible i mean at the at at this at this point i really hope college football just goes with you know uh clemson notre dame alabama and you know texas a&m or or florida or even cincinnati at this point get coastal carolina let's get crazy get them in there um but that was that that piece then the the other piece of news that came out i was just looking at it before um I, i jumped on the air today was that um lsu is um is self-imposing a, a year bull ban for um, all sorts of inappropriate relationships, booster um, improprieties, uh, possible sexual allegation misconducts. And they're doing all this awful stuff, so they're they're going to give themselves a bull ban. That's great because LSU was like two and six this year, so they really you know slapped themselves on the wrist with something that had nothing to do. Like nothing that's even remotely appropriate for the punishment that he deserves. So I hope the NCAA sees what LSU is trying to do, um, and just says, you know what, forget this. We're going to do what we want to you with to you, and that is, you know, strip scholarships and uh, give them a, a hefty fine and fine Ed Orgeron, who, you know, who's got a great uh, accent, but he seems like he's got some sketchy stuff going on there too. If you read more of what's going on with him, so. Um, that was the other piece with LSU. Another piece around college football. Uh, let's jump out to the West Coast at UCLA with our old friend Martin Jarman, who is now the AD at UCLA. If you don't remember, he left Boston College to be their AD. Well, for the last couple months, many different programs in college football have been um, tearing up their contracts with Under Armour, uh, who does a lot of outfitting for college football. Uh, because Under Armour is like hemorrhaging money um, and needs to get out of these contracts because they can't afford to keep these schools on, on their on their rolls. So UCLA was one of the big programs that they did that with. Yesterday, um, UCLA and Nike announced that the school is going to be a Jumpman um, outfitted by the Jumpman, so the, the, the Jordan um, outfit of Nike. So that is really cool. You know, Nike makes really nice apparel. Um, that's a big win. You know, Jumpman is something that recruits are going to look at. Um, I've been reading a lot that a lot of recruit nicks are saying that that's a, like a, that's a game changer to get a company like that as your outfitter. Now, 
the reason I bring this up not only is because Martin Jarman again is making a big move that's going to be a humongous um, upswing for his program, but the other reason is that obviously Under Armour is a Boston College outfitter, and there's been rumors swirling. I can't get any answer from anyone on this, but I have to wonder if Boston College will also be someone who goes in a different direction after this year, which kind of stinks because I really like the throwback um, football uniforms and, and even the uh, basketball uniforms that Under Armour has been doing uh, for for the school. But if Under Armour can't afford them, then there's um, you know other options out there. Now, I saw, and I, again, I don't know if they're, they're true or not. I know that they sometimes, they get good scoops, and I don't know where they get them from, but Barstool BC had said that um, they read that it's going to be New Balance and Adidas, and I think one, you know, I think New Balance is going to do basketball and Adidas is going to do football, um, but I don't know if that's true or not. I just something I heard. It could still just be Under Armour. Under Armour is still making new uniforms for Boston College. So as far as I know, it's them. Um, but it's worth watching. If Under Armour continues to lose money, they're going to keep cutting schools. And um, why not cut a school like Boston College? It isn't a uh, huge moneymaker for them. So that was the last piece of uh, NCAA news. If you have other things that you want me to talk about, if there's things that interest you that you want to hear my take on, Email me at bostoncollegesi at gmail.com, or you can find me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. Locked on Boston College, this is AJ Black. Just a reminder, next week we have some big episodes coming up, and you're not going to want to miss them. On Wednesday next week is National Signing Day for Boston College football, and I'm going to have a special episode where I'm going to dive in deep on Boston College recruiting and really talk about what they got and you know, how this is going to look in terms of the future and really dive into some of those players and, and get some answers on what's going on there. And then on Friday, as I've mentioned a few times, and hopefully you guys are going to like this, I'm going to do a uh, Locked On Boston College Christmas special where we're going to do some Christmas-themed segments um, to talk about sports. So check that out. That'll be on Friday next week. Now, before uh, we head out for the end of the day, I want to talk to you about Jim Christian because – He's been the hot button for all Boston Boston College sports now that football's over, and and I get it because Boston College f- f- basketball is one and four, and they're heading into an ACC schedule that's gonna be tough. You know, he's in his seventh year with Boston College, and he has a thirty eight percent win rate, which is clearly not good enough to you know keep his job for seven years. But somehow he's been able to do that. He's a Teflon Don in that sense. Um, you know the team has been inconsistent. He, you know, he, to credit to credit Christian, he wins some big games here and there. Um, you couldn't say the same about Steve Adazio when he got fired. He was just a guy that just beat teams he was supposed to beat. But Christian, you know, he has been able to not really push the program in the direction that they should be. So my big question right now is that with Boston College at one and four. What does Jim Christian have to do to keep his job? If you listen to his press conference last night, and again, I missed it at first because I went to um, live stream with you guys. I figured you'd rather live stream and hear what I have to say than hear what the coach has to say. I I find that when coaches are struggling, most people don't want to hear what they have to say. (laughs) So um, I, I, I just listened to it this morning, and he just sounded so, I don't want to say defeated, or, I mean, he was, he sounded defeated. He sounded like, a guy that just knows the writings on the wall. Now, what does he have to do to win? 
he's got guys there. He has the talent, I think, this year. more, And he has said that more so than he's had any other year since he's been at Boston College. He's got depth. He's got top-end talent with guys like Winston Tabbs and Jay Heath. He's got good supporting players like C.J. Felder and um, Stephon Mitchell. But what does he got to do? At 1-4, he's got to start winning, and he's got to start winning fast. So you get Syracuse on Saturday, and then you start a really tough string of games against the ACC. And the ACC has teams that are um, playing really well, like teams like Clemson, um, NC State, Louisville. They're all looking really strong right now. Um, but BC, I think, you know, I know people are done with Christian, but if he was to make the tournament, I think he would save his job. And I, I could probably hear people groaning over the uh, over their um, computers and, and uh, phones right now going, oh, more of this. But isn't that kind of the goal? I mean, at, right now, wouldn't you want a coach that can get you to the tournament and then you can complain about whether they get further uh, further down the line? Now, is that possible? How many wins is Jim Christian going to need to even get to the tournament? They're going to play 27 games this year um, on paper, and some of those games are probably going to get canceled. Um, I know BC football got lucky, but look at what's happening in basketball. It's just canceling, canceling, canceling. So it could not even be something BC has um, done that could cause that game to get canceled. It could just be something else. But what do they have to do? they got to start winning because if those games get canceled, every loss that they have is going to get magnified. So I would like, I would think that Boston College with 27 games to go. I mean, 27 games total, they got 22 to go. they got to win 15, 14 games at least to make the tournament. Does that seem reasonable with what you've seen? Even if they improve, say like they start making better choices – and they start playing a little better. Could they win 14 or 15 games? I don't think they could. I I I'm I'm I hate to be a negative Nelly here. You know, this is a Boston College podcast, and it's probably the last thing you guys want to hear. But like it seems like the writing's on the wall for this season already, and it's only the middle of December. Um, and they haven't even started ACC play. They've, you know, they're going to have to have a marked turnaround in a lot of different areas to help start to win some of these games, or they're going to slip away. And the end of the season is going to get here before you know it. Um, but if it does and he gets fired, you, you can obviously tell we're going to be here to talk about replacements and what the program needs to do next. Um, and, you know, the sad part is, you know, talking to Jim Christian, he's a nice guy. You know, the thing with Adazio was he's kind of, you know, people called him the gym teacher. He was kind of gruff. And he wasn't tip. He wasn't a very nice guy. Just in general, he wasn't really nice. Um, Christian isn't like that. Christian's a likable guy. When you listen to him talk, he's honest. Um, he's kind. He's he's a good guy. So you hate to see this happen, but this is the world of college athletics. Boston College is a is a is a power five school. There's only a handful of those schools out there, and he's got to perform. You know, you cannot get the ACC money that you get for all those TV contracts and, and bringing in all that, that revenue and put out a coach that's winning 38% of the game and blowing games that could be won. You know, I think that Pat Kraft is seeing that. I, he's, he's not going to come – just like I said with, with Martin Jarman, you're, you're, you have one chance as an AD to kind of set your stamp on a program. And you can do that through – fundraising you can do that through building new projects but in the end it's going to be the on-court and on-field results that are going to set your legacy 
You know, Martin Jarman did a whole bunch of different things, but what are people going to remember him for? It was hiring Jeff Halfley on his way out. You know, they he set them up so that they're going to have a coach, hopefully for a while, that could put the program in a good position. Now, Pat Kraft is going to probably want to do the same thing. He's not going to come in here and see a coach that's really struggling and has Boston College at the basement of the ACC every year and say, oh, yeah, let's give him, a, let's give him an extension. That's, that's the right thing to do. I know people like to call Boston College lazy and all this other stuff, but be realistic here. He knows what he sees on the court. He knows what the fans, he hears it from donors. I'm sure he does. If Christian fails again this year, if they don't make the tournament, it's going to be the end of the road. They're not going to go an eighth year with a coach that is going to not produce on the court. And again, I, I like Christian, but I just I can sense that's what's, what's going to happen. And I know for a fact that if it wasn't for COVID, we'd have a new coach now. And I know there's reasons that people got upset that that didn't happen, but it's the truth. And you know, we we struggled last year, and I think it was just the wrong timing of it. And hopefully, you know, by the time this season ends, the the vaccine will be starting, and you know, hopefully, we've taken that turn on the on the pandemic and that, you know, rates are going down so that when they have to make a decision, it doesn't have the wrong optics. So I think it's going to be tournament or bust for Jim Christian and where things are right now, that those odds are slipping away every game as we speak. Um, But they're going to have to, you know, it's one game at a time. Maybe they go out there and they beat Syracuse and then you have Cal. It's too easy. There's two wins right there, but they're going to have to beat the orange. Can they do that? Orange just lost, um, to Rutgers earlier this week, and Rutgers is a good team, but we'll see what happens. Um, tomorrow, we're going to talk some more about football. We'll talk a little bit about the weekend series. We'll talk hockey, too. Uh, there's a big hockey series at, um, with the ice bus at UConn um, coming up, and um, any other news that comes up um, between now and when we record tomorrow. And uh, Oh, of course, we're going to have Locked on Syracuse on to do a crossover to talk about the Syracuse game. So we'll have a special guest on and have a conversation with them about the Orange and what we can expect this weekend. Uh, so if you have not done so already, please hit the subscribe button on our page. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. You can check out my blog uh, slash site. It's BC Bulletin. And you can find my Twitter handle for this podcast at LockedOnBC on Twitter. Thank you all. Again, I I keep saying this, but I really want to thank you all for being such a great group of listeners so far. And I see more and more jumping in and listening every day. Um, I see the numbers. So thank you all. And I'll see you all again tomorrow for another episode of Locked on Boston College. Have a great day, everyone. Take care.